Recently, Friedrich Hayek's classic, The Road to Serfdom, a warning against the dangers of excessive state control, was the number one bestseller on Amazon. At the same time, the foundation of much modern economics and capitalism, Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations, languished around a rank of ten thousand. It is a telling reflection of the uncertain times we are in that precisely when confidence in free markets is at its all-time low, skepticism about the ability of governments and regulation to do any better is at its peak. So it is no trivial task for the United States Congress and the Obama administration to enact the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act of 2010 and convince a skeptical public that financial stability will be restored in the near future. The Act is widely described as the most ambitious and far-reaching overhaul of financial regulation since the 1930s. Together with other regulatory reforms introduced by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, the Federal Reserve, the Fed, and other regulators in the United States and Europe, it is going to alter the structure of financial markets in profound ways. In this prologue, we provide our overall assessment of the Act in three different ways. From first principles in terms of how economic theory suggests we should regulate the financial sector, in a comparative manner relating the proposed reforms to those that were undertaken in the 1930s following the Great Depression, and finally, how the proposed reforms would have fared in preventing and dealing with the crisis of 2007 to 2009 had they been in place at the time. The Backdrop for the Dodd-Frank Act of 2010 The backdrop for the Act is now well understood but worth an encore. When a large part of the financial sector is funded with fragile short-term debt and is hit by a common shock to its long-term assets, there can be en masse failures of financial firms and disruption of intermediation to households and corporations. Having witnessed such financial panics from the 1850s until the Great Depression, Senator Carter Glass and Congressman Henry Stegall pushed through the so-called Glass-Stegall provisions of the Banking Act of 1933. They put in place the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, to prevent retail bank runs and to provide an orderly resolution of troubled depository institutions, banks, before they failed. To guard against the risk that banks might speculate at the expense of the FDIC, they ring-fenced depository banks' permissible activities to commercial lending and trading in government bonds and general obligation municipals, requiring the riskier capital markets activity to be spun off into investment banks. At the time it was legislated, and for several decades thereafter, the Banking Act of 1933 reflected in some measure a sound economic approach to regulation in case of market failure. Identify the market failure, or in other words, why the collective outcome of individual economic agents and institutions does not lead to socially efficient outcomes, which in this case reflected the financial fragility induced by depositor runs. Address the market failure through a government intervention, in this case by insuring retail depositors against losses. 
recognize and contain the direct costs of intervention as well as the indirect costs due to moral hazard arising from the intervention. By charging banks upfront premiums for deposit insurance, restricting them from riskier and more cyclical investment banking activities, and through subsequent enhancements, requiring that troubled banks face a prompt corrective action that would bring about their orderly resolution at an early stage of their distress.